You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another drone news show with Ask Drone You. Joining me today, as always, you know him. He's crossed oceans. He has minted coins. We're talking about the Flying Dutchman. Welcome, Haya. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great here. It's not actually. It's not so cold in New York today. It's in the 40s, which feels like springtime to me right now. So uh, things are good here. How about you? That is awesome. It's a bit nipply here. Uh, it's a balmy 12 degrees. And uh, as you can imagine, it's very warm on the fingertips when you're out there flying, which is why it's so important to have those hand warmers strapped on the back of your hands so that you can fly with some warm hands. But hi, I have to say, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a new show. And I think it's important to tell people why. Uh, as everyone knows, it's important to take a break in life, so I took a little hiatus myself, went on vacation. But since I've been gone, hi, a lot has been going on with Remote ID, and I know you have so much news uh, to bring us when it comes to Remote ID, but I have to say it's extremely exciting. Uh, just two things that I've seen right away, really, really exciting, that there have been more than 7,000 comments on the remote yep. ID proposal uh, on the public register. That's really exciting. What's also exciting is the fact that so many dronies are starting to ask the question of what kind of company am I really supporting when I buy their product? You've got a lot of companies, companies like, and I hate to say this because I don't like dogging on anyone and I really, it doesn't really help me all out at all, but you know, AirMap came out on Twitter just yesterday and saying what a great idea Remote ID right. was. And I actually tweeted back at them and trying to be kind, say, how do you expect anyone to believe that when the proposed Remote ID is collecting data on pilots in real time? And then I said, all right, AirMap, if you tried to implement an internet-based license plate system for car drivers in the United States, you would start a revolution. So uh, I'm actually excited to see many retweets and likes on that. And I'm also really excited to see, Haya, the FPV protest. People can go to helpsaveourhobby.com. I know I've had trouble with that link myself, helpsaveourhobby.com. And if you check that out on February 29th, across the street from the FAA headquarters, the FPV pilots are getting ready to protest and let the whole world know that we are not going to deal with this crap proposed as remote ID. But, you know, I've been gone for a while, Haya. What else is going on with remote ID? Well, uh, a couple of things have been going on. I mean, first of all, of course, we had your uh, drone advocacy kit that you guys published. You might want to tell uh, our listeners a little bit about that as well in a second, I think. Uh, and I believe you guys had what, like over 5,000 downloads for that drone advocacy kit? Yes, we do. Um, actually, I, I forgot that we were supposed to talk about the, that particular um, news piece. But Haya, what I have to say is I was leaked an email of a leak of a leak of a leak of a leak. Of an, uh, of an FAA official actually sending out your article with my yeah. comment with guide <laughs> to the entire government agency system in a news briefing. <laughs> and 
I have to say that that makes me feel and that should make many of you feel really good. If the FAA yeah. is saying, hey, drone, you put this thing out here. It, it, it talks about the problems, but it also presents potential solutions. Take a look at it. Hey, man, that is the best Christmas gift that I've already received for 2020. And no, none of your gifts are ever going to hold as much muster as that. There you go. No, I was I was surprised to see as well. I wanted to point it out to you and see if you wanted to discuss that here on the show. But yeah, I mean, for, for the FEA to share an article from Drone DJ with your drone efficacy kit in there that was developed with the uh, FPV uh, Freedom uh, Coalition as well, that was awesome to see. And I think that must have helped as well in the number of downloads. For one thing, it's sure that our message and the concern that a lot of uh, commercial drone pilots and hobbyist drone pilots share about this new uh, set of rules for remote ID, that that message is coming across to the FEA. And that's what we set out to do about a month ago. And it's awesome to see that what we're doing is having an impact. And also that it's not just from our area, but also from different parts of the drone industry. People are finding back and pushing back to the FEA and saying, hey, you guys, uh, remote ID is fine, but you guys are overreaching. It's too strict. It's too expensive. It's too invasive on our privacy. And we have to adjust these rules. So uh, we're very excited about all this. And of course, it's not March 2nd yet. So we still have a little less than a month ago there are more stories coming out on drone dj as well from drone pilots who actually uh, share their stories with us about their concerns and we'll make sure to be a platform for any drone uh, hobbyist or commercial drone pilots who want to share their story with us as well so um, yeah we're not we're not done yet not by a long shot i think on this one yeah we've got to keep fighting and i like i said earlier i i'm feeling more connection with the fpv group they're getting fired up and they're trying to fight for yeah. this thing now there's a lot about the FPV group that's very different from the commercial or hobby pilots, but I will say at least they're one of the groups that's you know trying to really make a statement, and I think that all drone pilots should back them. Um, if you're free February 29th, um, I think you should protest. Frankly, Haya, since it's in my hometown of Washington, D.C., I'm thinking about going myself. So <laughs> open, I'll be there. <laughs> as long as I can get a Southwest flight, because I'm not flying anyone else anymore ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do we have any information as to how many people might be attending this protest already from, from their part of the drone industry? Okay, well, I've seen one thing on what I would call the dark web, and I've seen that a one particular group is trying to bring at least one, uh, like a little bit over a thousand members there because they're utilizing a certain unique strategy to make sure everyone knows about it without causing too much fervor on the internet. So I have to say, I think it's actually going to be quite sizable. Um, if you're a drone pilot and you love your job or you love to fly or you just love being able to show your little son or daughter how to fly, then I think you should go as well because it's time to make a statement and this is the way to do it without getting egregious or aggressive or anything like that. So. Exactly. That's uh, That was going to be my next question. I mean, is this only exclusive to FPV pilots or is this open to any drone pilots, really? The way that I understand it is that it's open to anyone who has a love of flight. That's why the link is help save our hobby, because they're talking yeah. literally about their love of flight. And, what, and you know, Haya, it goes to show a lot of us make decisions on how we feel. And I don't know about you, but the, I don't feel very good about this proposed remote ID. And it really sparks a lot of fire and not in good ways. And not in some good waves, but uh, it's time to say enough is enough. Look, FAA, like we know you're being pushed around to do certain things, but at the end of the day, we also have to look at established law and we cannot enact new regulations that breach this established law. 
And I'm actually really disappointed with Elaine Chow while I was on vacation. She did an interview. I want to say it was with Business Insider or, uh, or Forbes or someone. And about seven yeah. minutes into the interview, she says, yeah, and we have no idea what drones are flying in Colorado and Nebraska. Um, you know what, Elaine Chow, do you really think that the drone pilot community is that stupid? Because if you do, then you have a whole lot to learn about our little nuanced industry, my, my friend, because your level of intelligence may have to uh, go up a few bars in order to uh, have I- I- you know, important and effective communication. Everyone knows you yeah. can already see our drones. And we know this because, yeah, that's right, a drone pilot was arrested at the Super Bowl. So help us understand how you can't see who's flying drones there, Miss Chow, respectfully. The one thing that stood out in that video to me was that uh, I think it's like six or seven minutes into the clip where she says something about uh, that they don't want to have a command and control situation and they don't want to enforce a top-down policymaking. But that's exactly what they are doing with the uh, the NPRM for remote ID. I mean, hobbyist drone pilots, small commercial drone operators have not been involved and, and were not able to, to be part of these uh, policy developments. So it's being just thrown on the table right after Christmas, kind of pushed down our throats. And I don't think that uh, that is exactly what she's saying she's not trying to do. It is top-down command and control policymaking. So that was a very odd video uh, indeed. I wonder if she really thinks uh, that drone pilots are this stupid. Like, I, I really wonder because her questions and, and, and her statements really showcase an ideology that all drone pilots are just idiot consumers who buy drones at Best Buy. Yeah, and that's from the truth. I mean, you know that, I know that. And, and, and what really blew me away is that since, since this was dropped on us uh, right around Christmas, uh, how different organizations and people in the industry have kind of come together and have, have used their platforms or used their knowledge uh, to push back to the FAA. And I think that's been very helpful as well. And thinking that we still have a month left, I mean, uh, we still have to, uh, to give it a hard push before we get to March 2nd. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It is time to go. Make sure everyone out there, you've got to ask your friends. And when you buy products or services in the drone industry, don't be afraid to ask those, those companies, did you comment on the remote ID and how? Because you may find very quickly that you don't want to be supporting that company anymore as they are avidly trying to kill your job and, oh yeah, the love yep. of flight. So the other thing we got to talk about uh, when it comes to the uh, NPRM for remote ID is that some of the commenters, and this actually includes uh, some well-known people as well, uh, for instance, Chet uh, Boudreaux from the uh, the AMA, um, had asked the FAA for an extension saying that the uh, 60-day time window to uh, deliver your comments really wasn't enough. And I tend to agree with them. I mean, if you read through the uh, document, I think it's 319 pages. It's a lengthy document. It's very detailed. It's contradictory in, uh, at times as well. So it's not something that's easy to digest. And then even once you digest it, now you have to be able to talk with other counterparties within the drone industry. You have to kind of get your troops ready and, and um, launch a campaign so that people are actually going to provide their comments to the FEA, that stuff takes time. I mean, we're now halfway through this process and we have, what, over 7,000 people that uh, that left our comments. We only have a month left. We're, we're not uh, 
we, we probably would need more time to, to get more people to provide their comments to the FVA. So these guys, they actually sent a letter to the FVA asking for an extension of this 60-day commenting period. And this is the funny part. The FVA flat out denied their request. And this comes after the FVA themselves have delayed and postponed the remote ID rulemaking uh, three times earlier in 2019. So when it's when it's something they need, I guess they can extend and, and delay. But when people have questions and say, hey, we would like to have some more time for this commenting period, then all of a sudden there is no time. And um, I think what they mentioned was security concerns are the main driver behind remote ID and that we can no longer afford to uh, delay this process. So sorry, guys, 60 days it is. The FEA can't wait for us. Are you trying to imply that there's a double standard here, Haya? Um, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Seems that way, though, doesn't it? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not something new in America, and I think a lot of people are aware of it. And I think that's also why... You know, at, at some point in our lives, we gotta we got to stand up for kind of what we believe in. And if you believe in flying... Um, you, you've got a comment and it, it, I just, I'll be honest, Haya, when I meet other drone pilots, I've had like maybe 10 or 15 drone pilots in the last couple of weeks message me on Instagram wanting yeah. to fly or wanting to travel or wanting to, you know, partake in drone you one way or the other. And, and I, I love that. But when I ask them about, well, did you comment on remote ID and I get a not yet or no, I just stop talking to them. Like, you know what, dude, just put the sticks down now. Because the glory days are over thanks to people like you. And you know what? I'm not going to be lazy like you because I know that's not what success looks like. So it's time for all the drone pilots to get off our asses, hit those keyboards like never before, and make a stand. Yeah, totally. I mean... If you need time to formulate your thoughts and maybe talk to other people, get some other input as well, and then write a more elaborate uh, comment to the FAA, that's fine. I mean, we have until March 2nd, so there's, there's no rush in that sense. But at the same time, now being halfway through this process, yeah, uh, when you have a chance, sit down, write those comments, make it a personal story. Don't copy paste what everybody else is doing. Perhaps just write your own story, submit it to the FEA and get it done. Um, we're not getting the extension. So March 2nd is a firm and hard deadline. So please do it before then. I think you can also do it on March 2nd itself. But to be honest, I wouldn't wait that long. Yeah, I wouldn't wait that long either. Actually, uh, it brings up a good point. You know, the AMA uh, had put out, and I'm just going to bring this up really fast so we can move on. Um, the AMA had put out a letter to their membership, and they have the largest membership, I think, uh, of anyone in the yeah. United States, and myself and uh, Rotor Riot included. And that being said, if you remember in that statement, they told everyone to pretty much cut, copy, and paste and use it as a template. Yeah. And I know, uh, well, I would assume that the FAA had seen that, and if it was the AMA that was asking for the extension and the FAA saw what AMA put out to their members, I mean, if we look at this on a human level, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the FAA was saying, hey, you had your chance and you kind of blew it and we're not giving you an extension. Yep. Now, that being said, the American public has been gracious with the FAA as far as extensions are concerned. And maybe what we need to do is have more groups file extensions or requests for extensions. Because like you, I do not want to succumb to the requests and ideology of DHS, DOD, AT&T, Verizon, and mm, I'm not going to say that company, uh, 
and T-Mobile and some other people. Um, by the way, also, I will say, when it comes to remote ID, I actually think the proof is in the pudding even further about collecting pilot data and information as the FCC just upheld the rule on collecting and selling consumer location data on individuals in the United States, and every single cell phone carrier was fined um, for illegally providing location data on their users. So if the FCC says, hey, you can't do that, well, then how is the FAA going to do it for drone pilots? Very good question. I think, uh, well, but th- that's that's a big part of the whole uh, NPRM for remote ID, right? I mean, a lot of things still need to be hashed out. And I'm sure that in those comments, a lot of people are going to post our question like, hey, how is this going to work for my business or my industry or the way I fly my drones? And I think there's a lot of stuff that still need to be ironed out before this would be able to be implemented in an effective way. And an effective way is important because you want people to follow these rules. If everybody's going to ignore these rules, then it's still not going to work in the end. So I think there's still quite a a bit of work to be done and that's also why i was surprised that uh, when they were asked for a extension of the 60-day commenting period that it was flat out denied it kind of gives you a a taste um, of the faa's stance in this whole discussion and it seems to be a pretty hard one towards the uh, the drone pilots i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more man all right well let's 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 keep this ball rolling all right so elaine chow says we can't see uh where drone pilots are and who's flying these drones But yet almost 70 drones are seen flying in the Super Bowl TFR. It sounds like someone even got in trouble, Haya. What's going on here? Yeah, somebody got some uh, in some serious trouble. Uh, we have this person. Let me just look up the article real quick. He flew, uh, this was on Wednesday night, he flew a drone in South Beach. So this was even well before the actual game. It wasn't, uh, the drone wasn't flown during the game. But as you know, thousands and thousands of people come uh, to the to the Super Bowl. And there's all these other concerts and parties and things going on in the days leading up to the event. So this guy brought his drone and apparently he wanted to take some pictures of the festivities uh, around the whole Super Bowl spectacle. Of course, well, I don't know if he knew, but of course there was a temporary flight restriction and a or a, a so-called no drone zone in place around that whole area. So he wasn't allowed to fly. The FAA had uh, communicated this message uh, on different social media channels on their website as well. So anybody who's kind of into drone flying and follows this stuff online probably would have known. Anybody who uh, knows anything about uh, the rules when it comes to flying drones would have known that you can't just fly where the Super Bowl is taking place. So, And it's easy to find out as well if you use the uh, the appropriate apps once you're on that location. Anyway, this guy by the name of uh, Ramos Teran, 46 years old, didn't know or didn't care and decided to fly his drone. He was apprehended and he now faces up to a year in prison. Uh, because this is pretty serious stuff, uh, flying in a, what is it, national um, defense airspace. This is not just a civil matter anymore. As you pointed out earlier, this becomes a criminal uh, case. And yeah, the consequences could be much, much more severe. So flying a drone in yeah, those situations is definitely not a good idea. Um, as you pointed out as well, the FBI reported 77 more drone incidents in the days around the Super Bowl, and four drones had been seized. And apparently the case of this person, uh, the one who, who's now facing up to a year in jail, uh, was the most serious uh, situation. I don't know if he did anything different or anything in particular that, that made this case so serious, 
relative to the other uh, incidents that happened. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is going to scare some people off and, and make them think twice when there's another event taking place in this country where there's a TFR in place as well. So make sure you uh, check your apps, make sure you know where you're flying and if it's okay to fly there at that specific day and time. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. You did hit on a really important point, though, that I think is important for many drone pilots out there to understand which is we have to understand that any time that the FAA does an enforcement, it's a regulatory or quote-unquote civil enforcement. It's not a criminal enforcement. Whereas the charges against uh, Mr. Tehran or Tehran uh, in the Super Bowl was a violation of 49 U.S.C. 46307, which prohibits knowingly and willfully violating national defense airspace. Although I will say this, the FBI did kind of give this guy a way out because they say with knowingly and willfully flying a drone in an area with a TFR imposed by the FAA, kind of inferring that if you fly within a TFR, that's a violation of national defense airspace, which if you notice is under a completely different set of rules than the part 107 rules. So I I would just make sure that everyone out there really understands, you know, when you're flying a drone... The days of doing whatever you want and getting away with it, well, they are gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It's not a good idea to try and test those rules because, um, well, you see what happens. I mean, we had, what, the other story uh, in the two places in Las Vegas where the guy was fined $20,000. I mean, that was a pretty hefty one. Now, this person is uh, is possibly facing up to a year in prison. I mean, we'll have to see if it comes that far. I hope for him that it wouldn't. But, uh, yeah, you got to take this stuff serious. You can't just go and fly your drone anywhere, anytime without considering your your local circumstances. So please make sure you check that before you fly your drone, guys. You know, just like Part 107 says, the pilot has the ultimate responsibility. It's also a great point as why Part 107 is not going to be the only thing that you need to be successful in the drone industry. But uh, you know that, Haya. Let's move on to our next piece of drone news. Hiya, we have been talking about for a very long time as drone delivery progresses and as companies like Amazon, UPS, and others get certificates to fly their drones. Well, we've talked about how they get those certificates under Part 135 or the Air Carrier Clause. And we've also said how at some point in the drone industry, Part 135 and Part 107 are going to have to come to a head at some point to truly allow for drone delivery. And it looks like just earlier this week on Monday in the Federal Register, the FAA comes up with a new certification standard specifically for drone delivery. What does this mean for the future of drone delivery? Yeah, it's a it's a huge step for making uh, d- deliveries by drone a reality. I mean, it's not going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. I mean, there's still other things that need to be, other hurdles that need to be overcome. Uh, the biggest one being remote ID for drones. But it's a huge, huge change. I mean, the FEA basically laid the groundwork for a new policy that is going to uh, enable companies to um, have their drones certified if they meet certain safety standards and to be used for things like deliveries by drone. Now, we're talking not about small phantoms or mass 
Mavics or, or more like the consumer drones, we're talking about uh, mostly drones that are 55 pounds and over. So more seriously sized, the bigger, heavier unmanned aircraft. Previously, uh, the only two companies that have really been able to get anything off the ground are UPS and Wing Aviation. Uh, but because there is no certification system in place as of yet, they had to go through the entire uh, waiver process, basically an exemption process. So they were able to make some headway and they are allowed uh, to fly their drones at certain locations under certain circumstances, but to make uh, deliveries by drone a more routine reality, let's say where companies like Amazon will be able to fly their drones and make deliveries to consumers, you need a different um, policy in place and a different framework basically. And the first step is what the FAA did uh, this week with this new plan for rules and for, for their policy to come up with a standard for those kind of drones that if you build aircraft, unmanned aircraft that meet the and live up to those standards, that you will be able to fly them in the uh, airspace of the United States. So it doesn't mean that um, this is going to change everything, let's say, tomorrow, but it's a big, big first step in making that new reality where we have drones uh, being able to make deliveries. Um, yeah, a reality that uh, that is going to come our way. So it's probably still be a few years out, but uh, again, it's a big, big deal. It is a big deal. It's gonna have it's gonna have a huge impact on our economy as a whole, which I don't think a lot of people truly understand. But it is exciting. It is exciting. You know what else is exciting, Haya? When drones can be used to teach people, teach people skills they may not understand or even think that they're able to understand. It helps build skills in unique and nuanced industries that allows, well, difficult and tedious work to come to life. One ninth grader has taken what drones can do and offer to a whole new level. What's going on here, Haya? Yeah, this is a really cool story. Um, a 14-year-old girl by the name of Vidya Sai, Shah, if I say that correctly, probably not, apologies for that. Uh, she's from New York, Williamsville, New York. Her parents actually manage a, uh, a school for coding. So if you if your kids after school activities, if they want to learn and pick up some coding skills, this is one of those schools where kids would go to. And she is their child. And of course, in that, uh, in that sense, was in a perfect situation to pick up some of those skills. And when she learned about uh, the fires in California and also issues with, uh, with wildfires elsewhere in the world, she figured, hey, why wouldn't you take a drone fly and basically map that whole area and analyze those images and look for people in need or, or people that need assistance or help urgently. So she built an app. It's called the Hover Over app. And she actually used a um, Rice Tello drone, which is really one of the most cheap, most basic drones you can get. Uh, I think they sell for like 80 or 90 bucks right now, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the camera or that drone can take pictures. So she would take those pictures, have it uploaded uh, through the app to IBM Watson. And they have a special uh, section, I guess, for kids, where kids can kind of try out and build some apps. And also IBM Watson uh, provides artificial intelligence software that actually is able to identify people in those images. And what would happen next is that the images where people are actually found, so let's say in a wildfire situation in California, uh, you have, let's say, a thousand photos and two or three of those photos show human beings, then those images would be sent to the first responders with a time uh, stamp as well as the uh, geo coordinates. So those first responders are then able to use those photos and go directly to those spots where people might be in need. So 
I think for a 14-year-old girl to come up with an app that does that, I think it's uh, amazing. I think it's awesome that people are so creative and that they already at such a young age have the skills to to put those things together. Um, And it shows you that drones can play a very significant role in either helping people, but more importantly, in this case, saving people's lives uh, potentially. So, yeah, I totally applaud her. Um, She won a $250 Amazon gift card, which... Seems a little bit on the low end, I think, for for the effort that she put in and the creativity. Uh, And she's also going to go to um, Washington, D.C. to present her application and her solution to some lawmakers over there. So I hope she goes far. I mean, at that age, doing stuff like this, uh, she's off to a good start for sure. Yeah, wow. Uh, You know, while some people may be questioning the scalability of such a product, I still think it's absolutely awesome just uh, the fact that she's willing to take the time to explore what is possible. And I think that's what we really need to push this industry even further uh, right now at this moment. But, you know, Haya, there has been so much drone news in the last couple of weeks. It makes me wonder if maybe we should just do another show uh, early in the week. Because, you know, from DOI banning um, DJI drones to lives being saved and even, you know, newer drones that we're expecting to see in the coming months, uh, there is just so much to talk about. I'm afraid we almost would bore people to death, but we're making good progress. There's been a lot of news, and especially, of course, since we had a, a two-week hiatus, uh, there's a lot of stuff you kind of have to catch up on. And we're doing this show once a week, so there's there's a lot of news happening throughout the week. We try to make a selection and bring the highlights and the most important stuff to uh, to our audience. Um, I think we have one or two more articles to go, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a long show this time. It, yeah, well, there's a lot going on, which says a lot about the state of the industry. But what, are, what else are we missing this week? Uh, the one thing we haven't touched upon yet is the coronavirus. Oh. Uh, in China, the outbreak that took place, I think it started a couple of weeks ago. There are even stories or rumors that it's far, far more widespread and far bigger than what has been reported in the mainstream media here in the United States and in Europe as well. Um There's been stories about how drones have been used either to warn people to wear their masks on the grounds in China and not uh, form larger groups, Uh, basically go back into your house and and stay home and hopefully be safe there. Uh, We've also heard reports about drones uh, using uh, to spray to potentially uh, stop the virus and kill it. I don't know how effective that has been. Uh, what we do know, however, is that drone manufacturers in China have been hit by this as well. And the biggest one, of course, DJI, they have shut the offices down in China at least until February 10th. I mean, it depends, of course, what might happen between now and then. But people are working from home. We know that the DJI Matrice 300 is about to be launched and employees from DJI in the US were going to be flown to China for a specific training for that enterprise drone. That has been canceled. And to solve that, DJI was going to send people from China to the U.S. to do the training here. Now, I don't even know if those people have made it out of China. I mean, right now you have all kinds of restrictions and quarantines in place. So they might not even be able to do it anymore. Or hopefully they left in time and that training will take place here. Another company that has been affected as well and uh, recently put out a message to their customers is um, Zero Zero Robotics. Uh, You may remember them from uh, CES this year. They have the V-Copter Falcon, which is that 
two-prop drone. So rather than a quadcopter, this one only has two propellers. It looked really, really fascinating. I'm anxious to get my hands on one and try and then fly it and see how it operates. Um, but they have been delayed as well. And they're talking about uh, having closed their offices at least until February 9th and say that uh, we'll probably start shipping sometime in March, if not later. But it, uh, yeah, a lot of it depends on, uh, on what's going to happen next with this coronavirus. It's spreading apparently much faster and much larger than what we have heard. And so in that case, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, drone manufacturers are going to be hit harder than what we know now based on uh, their communications to customers here in the US. So hopefully it will work out. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed there. So, all right, DJI is affected by this. Other manufacturers are affected by this. Is there anyone in yeah. particular? I mean, I know you just mentioned uh, Zero Zero Robotics, but wasn't there some information about Autel as well, or did I just uh, miss that in you saying that? Autel has delayed shipping their drones as well. Um, I don't know if that's directly related to coronavirus. I would think so. Um, I believe they gave a different reason initially for the delay. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody and every company that operates in China or is based in China is affected by this. I mean, it's uh, it's a, it's a serious situation. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Autel uh, is affected as well. I mean, we, we don't have any specific information on that, but it'd be hard to believe that they would not be affected. Yeah, I mean, even our landing pad manufacturer is a, is affected, and we wanted to launch our mini landing pads, and we can't do it now. So, <laughs> and when we uh, when we met with uh, with Autel Robotics at CES, they said they only had a handful of drones that actually were shipped uh, to them before the event in uh, in Las Vegas, uh, the big consumer electronics show, meaning that a lot of their production was just getting up to steam. Uh, you have the Chinese New Year that came in between uh, since CES and now, and then of course you have the coronavirus. So they they must have been affected to a to a certain degree for sure. Yeah, man, it's really having a worldwide effect. That is for sure. Um, what uh, What is the last piece of news that our viewers need to know about? The last piece of news we have. That's a nice story. It took place in England where a hobbyist drone pilot was flying his drone. Uh, meanwhile, there was a girl was missing. She had already been missing for 15 hours and the police drone squad wasn't able to help out, but the police ran, the, the search and rescue people from the police department ran into this hobbyist drone pilot and asked him for help. And of course, being the good citizen that he is, he said, sure, no problem. I got my drone up in the air. I'll help you guys. And within moments, uh, he finds a girl sitting behind some bushes and trees along a river bend. She's fairly young. I think she's like 14 or 15 years old. I mean, you don't know. Sometimes young people, they struggle with things in life as well. And if your daughter or your son is missing for 15 hours and you end up finding her along a riverbank, I mean, who knows what's going through her head. All we can say is that we're glad that she made it safely back home. Uh, people were able to get to her in time. And it's, yeah, of course, it's great to, to know that a drone played a crucial role in finding and locating this girl and then being able to direct the search and rescue people to that person. So it's a good story. Um, there's been many, many stories where drone played these crucial roles so um yeah to see the department of the interior crush down on drones and not use them anymore is not a good sign we need more drones in the air it doesn't matter if they're chinese or american made but we need more drones doing good stuff like this like finding uh, missing people so um yeah <laughs> you just wonder if we're hurting ourselves um or hurting the propensity to save lives with the ban 
and also with yeah. remote ID and what it would do to hobbyists and that guy's ability uh, to even do, you know, to even do something about it. So it's great. Drones are saving lives and we need to make sure that they continue to save lives, which is why you should comment on the remote ID and attend the protest February 29th in Washington, D.C., so, Haya, thank you again so much for educating myself and everyone here about what's going on in the drone industry. My pleasure, Paul. It's always, it's always fun to do these shows. And, uh, yeah, I think it's important as well to, to share these stories with a large audience. So thanks for, for hosting this show. And, uh, hey, don't go on vacation. We need you back for next week because I bet you there's going to be a ton more drone news coming our way. Well, I appreciate that, Haya. I'm just hoping that we get more opportunities to film in person because uh, yeah. it makes it a lot better. So Yeah, that was fun, for sure. The one that we did in Las Vegas was awesome. It really was. It really was. All right, Haya. Well, I hope you have a great week and a great weekend to come. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And stay tuned for the next next week's uh, drone news here on Ask Drone You. Uh, but that is going to do it for us today. Uh, I am your friend, your friendly pilot taking flight, and Haya is the Flying Dutchman. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> Thanks again for watching. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, or share the show if you think the information is helpful. That's going to do it for us today. I'm Taking Flight. He's the Flying Dutchman, and we'll see you next time. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.